MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Morning, folks. Welcome in. No Gil Alexander today. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Matt Brown, who was filling in for Gil Alexander yesterday. I'll be with you here today, Thursday and Friday. We've got a good show on tap. Of course, Stanley Cup Finals, potentially. Oh, actually, Stanley Cup Final. I always have to get that right. It's the NBA Finals. It is a Stanley Cup Final. Andy McNeil. NHL betting analyst for the Sins going to join us in about 15 minutes. Get his thoughts on if the Vegas Golden Knights can close this thing out later tonight against the Florida Panthers. Plenty of NBA Finals recap as well as the Denver Nuggets are now champions for the first time in their franchise's history and baseball too because we got to get to that and the U.S. Open. Kelly Bidlin is here, of course. So you got half of the usual crew. And let's begin, of course, in in a spot where Kelly and I, it's near and dear to the heart. The NBA. The finals are over. The Denver Nuggets in five games oust the Miami Heat, 94 to 89, the final score last night. Game goes well under the total, uh, something that I don't think a lot of people saw coming <laughs> in terms of at least the way the game was played. Uh, Nuggets did close as an eight point favorite, so the market was in on at least the Heat being pretty competitive here and got that right. And the market did push this from two of seven and a half at the open to 210, so a little wrong on the total. I actually think, as we discussed too, and many times, whether it was the Harbor Handicappers podcast or in different spots around the network, uh, that the sides were correlated to think it was the right way, and the market agreed with that, right? Miami getting the money, over getting the money. And uh, we'll say I think it was right. Look, it was the fastest played game of the series, shockingly enough. I know a lot of people might look at the final score and think that wasn't the case, but we saw how hel- uh, hectic that game got at one point with a lot of bad decision-making, a lot of quick pace, and a lot of really, we'll call it, Uh, I say flummoxing uh, shot selection as well as it goes along, but 95 possessions, fastest game by far, but one of the lower scoring games of the series, a lot to do with three point shooting, 18% from three for the Denver Nuggets, 25.7% from beyond the arc for Miami. And I have to tell you, Kelly, I was um, watching yesterday and I wanted to, I wanted to text you. I don't even remember if I did or not. And I was just going to say something like this bleeping team, Miami, were they about oh, to, did. oh, I did, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, were they about to a Miami team, which we're going to have, I think a really good conversation later. Cause I wanted to kind of dive into why we have this version of Miami, right? Why, how we got here, how we can see it coming in, in years going forward. We've had a lot of deep runs from long shot underdogs throughout the NBA postseason over the last couple of years. And it coincides with the stretch. Now we have five different champions over the last six seasons. So there's a lot of parody and a lot of upward mobility in the association. 
And But I was watching that yesterday. And I'm like, is this team going to get something else historic here? Are they going to get a historically bad offensive shooting performance from a team up 3-1? Where at one point, what were they, one of 15 or whatever it was from three-point range at Denver Nuggets? And you figured, here we go. Miami Heat are going to get into something here, but ultimately not the case. But Denver was absolutely brilliant this entire series. This offense has been brilliant. The numbers will not reflect it. But again, yesterday, carving up that Miami Heat zone, Denver is one of those things, Kelly, where I think now that all the smoke has settled and I've watched it, and again, like throughout the postseason, it was one of those where like, oh, okay, Minnesota on the I didn't see it coming to this extent. This is a dominant postseason run. They were absolutely brilliant every stretch of the way. One of the better offenses we've seen in terms of a postseason run. This was great, and I feel like we should have seen this coming a long time ago. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you put that well. This was a like this was a team you and I were both high on and believers in, but you know, I think you it's it's fair for us to say that there was probably a couple other teams in the Western Conference we felt that way about. We sure. didn't really know who would come out of it. Um and really, they just the Denver Nuggets turned this into a dominant postseason run. Um, Jamal Murray, I think his play really stepping up, and, and we've talked about it a lot. But the, I, I, you know, the the hints of Bubble Murray and what he had to come back from an injury after that, um, and getting back to the player that I think we should expect him to be, uh, really throughout the rest of his career, he is this this high caliber player that we saw throughout the NBA Finals. Um, I, I the, the 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 two the two stars really shined bright in this series, right, JVT? Because it, it's – there really wasn't I, – I think if you told me the Nuggets were here and kind of got as little contribution from some of the some of the role players as they did, um, I'd be surprised. You know, like Bruce Brown had a big series, but Michael Porter Jr. Yep. stepped up a little bit last night for you. I know you had some props on him. Um, but, you know, he didn't do much throughout the series. Uh, it was it was a lot of really special playing from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. And I want to say, too, because – one, there, there's a couple of things that I think come from this that we should really take hold of as we move forward. As you see Jokic and the dominance there, most in the playoffs in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, the first player in NBA history to lead playoffs in all three categories. Also, the highest draft pick or lowest, how do you, how do you phrase it? Highest yeah, draft pick, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, to win finals MVP. So that was also a record that Jokic broke and will hold for a while now uh, in NBA lore. But Denver... A plus 9.2 net rating and non-garbage time for the entire postseason. Absolutely dominant. And when you look at some of the things we should hold on to going forward, one of the things that a lot of people held, held on to with the, with the team like Miami, especially going into the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, was how Eric Spolstra was such a good coach that he leveled the playing field with a lot of guys, especially guys that we perceived to have a much bigger edge over, or he perceived we perceived he had a, a much bigger edge over. I think Michael Malone is now in that category. Michael Malone is a very very good head coach throughout this entire postseason. We watched Denver adjust and tweak and change their game plans, and they didn't need to change the starting lineups. I think people conflate you know tweaks and adjustments to just changing starting lineups. No, they adjusted their game plans. If you watch with you know with minute details of how they changed the way they attacked the Miami Heat zone throughout this entire series, I thought Malone was brilliant. And I think he is something that we should hold on to in that he is now one of those coaches that is nearing the Eric Spolster territory of if you think there is a clear edge in head coaching, Malone will make a difference in a series. I think you saw it in the Lakers series as well, the way they were going after them, after the big adjustment after game one. I thought Malone was brilliant throughout this entire postseason, too. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, I think there's a lot of people, and, and I'll say it, too. I mean, it helps when you've got a seven-footer that can pass as well as right. he does, right? It allows you to, to at least offensively make those adjustments, I think, a lot easier than what other teams have. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you can't take anything away from what that guy has done, having to face the different matchups that the, that the Nuggets had to throughout this entire postseason. And – 
I mean, the Miami Heat, I mean, we'll get to them in a bit, but, I mean, an incredible run through a lot of opponents that we saw them completely confuse, flummox. I mean, just get off of their games completely, and they threw the kitchen sink at Denver, and they couldn't – Denver adjusted every time, just like you said. Whatever they they threw at them, they adjusted, broke it down, and Spo Spo had to go back to something else. And and the other thing – so you mentioned there's two things we should really, like, remember, hold on to as we come out of this NBA Finals. The other – one of the things that really annoys me that you hear from people sometimes, and actually I yelled at one of our coworkers about it, Josh Applebaum. He, he hit me with a, uh, when I was filling in on Sharp Money a couple of weeks back, he hit me with a depth doesn't matter in the postseason. It's one of, I think, the biggest misconceptions in the NBA. Depth does matter. And when we talk about depth, I would not say that you need nine guys that can play. When you say depth, you need seven to eight guys that you can trust in their roles, and you know that one through eight, when they are called upon, are going to do what they need to do. And that's exactly what the Denver Nuggets had. Aaron Gordon had a game in this series. Bruce Brown had a game in this series. Christian Brown had a game in this series. Every single spot that you look Guys in terms of role players stepped up. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope at the end of this game last night was brilliant. Hitting a massive three-point shot with about four minutes left. Getting the steal off of Jimmy Butler to essentially seal the game up. Hit his free throws as well. That's what you need depth for. So when we like, when we go forward, Kelly, and we, this is a big offseason. Yep. You know, Damian Lillard could go somewhere else. That's the biggest domino Fred that could Van fall. Vliet. You know, yep. yeah. a lot of names. But in terms of the guys, and like the greatest example too, one of the teams that Denver beat on the way here, the Suns had no depth. They didn't have anybody they could realistically rely upon. And that is one of the most important things that I think we forget about in the NBA in the postseason. People think that depth does not matter, but it does. And even look like a guy like uh, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr.'s three-point shot wasn't falling. So, you know, I was texting with Jared Smith, our colleague here, about it yesterday. So what was he doing? He's rebounding. He's cutting mm-hmm. to the basket. He's doing every little thing possible. I thought that the depth was awesome for the Denver Nuggets, and it speaks to that, the fact that you need it yeah. for a team to win a championship. Yeah, I think you're mo- – I mean, I, I just think that's the way you need to construct a team these days, right? I think we're moving moving away from the era of uh, and we moved away from it really of, you know, kind of big threes and a lot of that circulating around, uh, you know, a few main guys and you not really having the money left over. You know, we saw, we saw those old heat teams be able to put together good teams because of all these veteran minimum contracts they were able to grab. You're just not going to be able to do that every team everywhere. But yes, you know, building around two guys and knowing that you need to be exactly what you said, man, and seven, eight deep. You got to have that. That's what it, that's what I always look at when I'm looking at a team that I believe can make a run. Who's got those guys that can step up off the bench? It doesn't need to be deep, deep off the bench, but you need to have those three, two, three, four guys that can make an impact not only during the regular season, but play heavy minutes into the playoffs too. And that's exactly what we saw Denver do. Now, one of my favorite things about a postseason run, you get to see guys get drunk, and it's freaking <laughs> awesome. Uh, can we play this first one? So Jokic was asked like some really deep question about like, hey, man, who are you most happy for of your teammates? Who do you, you know, who are you looking around the locker room and thinking about? And he was trying to answer the question, but when you're inebriated, things happen to your body, and he gets cut off. It was brilliant yesterday. I'm happy for DJ. I'm happy for Jeff. I'm happy for Ish. Literally for everybody, uh, Mikey, yeah, he had three surgeries and still uh, came here and helped help us win the championship. Well, I'm, 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 I'm burping. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
dude, that yesterday was great. And he actually gave us some of the best moments. Like Jamal Murray's was kind of buttoned up and serious. We also had this moment yesterday from Jokic where like, clearly he's like one of the basketball stars. I guess that just hates his job and was afterwards was asked about the, the parade. Here was his answer. Curious what you are feeling right now. And if you're looking forward to a parade coming up in Denver. When is parade? When is parade? Thursday. No. <laughs> I need to go home. Hello. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's like kind of drunk. Nikola Jokic just be like, nah, dude, I got to keep doing this for three more days. Did he really not know there was a parade? That's, that's the part I can't, I can't tell. No, I think he knew he wanted to know when it was. And he's like, dude, like, cause he, I think like, he knows think too. It was like in a month or something. Right. Like you got to go home and then come back. Well, and we all know, like, I think we've all been there before. Like when you're with like the crew that's partying too hard and you're like, Hey, we're going to go there. We're going to go hit this place. Now I'm like, dude, it's no, it's, it's three o'clock in the morning. Like we got to go somewhere. I feel like that's what he was feeling. All right. We'll get back to the NBA finals and the ramifications of it. Talk about the Miami heat. But when we come back, Andy McNeil is going to walk us through game five of the Stanley cup finals. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms. Got to be 21 and located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem 1-800-522-4700. 
I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Matt Brown, who filled in for Gil Alexander. I'll be back with you guys Thursday and Friday for the rest of the week. Matt Brown. Matt Brown back tomorrow, right? Is that yep. just, yeah? Okay, yeah, Matt, cool. tomorrow and then you end of the week. All right. Yes, looking forward to it. I love it. I, you know, I'm an early riser, you know? I don't know about our next guest, Andy McNeil. I feel like he's an early riser because just like me, he decided to have uh, offspring. Andy, good morning, buddy. What's going on? Uh, good morning, JVT. Not not a whole lot. Just uh, patiently waiting the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, Stanley Cup win here in game five, mm. right? Okay. All right. I like the vibes here. So let's start uh, before we get to the game itself. You know me. I like some of these numbers. I like to throw some of them at you and ask if I'm reading into this correctly. So let's talk about some of the, the numbers we've seen through this series so far and, and what they mean, if anything at all. Uh, the One of the things that stuck out to me, Andy, when I was looking over some of the numbers for Florida uh, for the series as a whole is they haven't really taken advantage of a lot of their high danger chances. Uh, Florida has, according to natural stat trick, generated 43 high danger chances, but only two high danger goals. Is that something that, if, as you've watched this, as you've parsed through the numbers, is that something that is almost like, I'll liken it to something I watch every day, uh, the NBA, right? Where, hey, three-point shooting, it's a good three-point shooting team, but they're just not hitting open shots. Is that something that's equivalent there? What am I seeing with a 43 high-danger chances for, but only two high-danger chances goals by the Florida Panthers? Well, I think the big thing is that Florida has been chasing the game so much. They've been playing from behind a lot. They haven't led very much in the series. and. Um, you know, it, it, it teams will teams will oftentimes, um, you know, opt to take some maybe less dangerous shots, maybe still qualified as scoring chances or high danger shots, but uh, maybe not the most optimal approach sometimes when you're when you're trailing and you're desperate. So I would I would uh, I would lean into that a little bit. But, you know, just in general, I think that um, I think that Vegas has been the better team over the last couple of games in that regard, in terms of expected goals, which is the stat I like to, to use uh, more, more so than, than high danger chances, just because it's a little bit less uh, arbitrary. But um, yeah, I think, I think the Knights have done a great job in the last two games uh, in terms of controlling expected goals, especially in game four, they dominated uh, with a 67% expected goals for percentage uh, in that game. So the other thing that has stuck out, and this is more, I, I don't think this is numbers related, but this is hockey related because I, you know, I, I fully look, I don't want to walk in and be a guy who only watches NHL playoffs and talk about the sport <laughs> of hockey. Right. So, but I want to get your thoughts. Andy, I have thought watching this series and watching Florida throughout the postseason as much as I have. And I used the term petulant when it came to their actions in this series against Vegas. Has their style here like worked against them? You know, where you're talking about consistently going to the penalty talks, I was told they're trying to set the tone. And I'm like, okay, well, congrats on setting the tone. You're really behind when they have a power, like when they have a strength advantage. I think their style, for lack of a better term, has kind of worked against them. Am I wrong in thinking, watching what they have done here through the first four games, it's kind of shot themselves in the foot? No, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think uh, I think that um, you know, given the situation, like the Panthers were past that at this point. This is the Stanley Cup final. It's the time to you know play hockey and win games. And I thought they really cost, uh, really hurt themselves, the, especially in the first couple of games with all the shenanigans uh, that they pulled. And and I mean, at this point, you've got Matthew Kachuk, of course, who's not a hundred percent. We don't know his status heading into Game Five, um, and and he's not going to be able to be the physical presence or the you know irritator that he is uh, normally. So, I mean, the Panthers chances of being able to play that type of game effectively are, are basically out the window uh, and their, their chances of being able to, to match the golden Knights, just in terms of raw hockey skill 
uh, are kind of fading too. And, and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, that Kachuk isn't going to be able to be at his best. Yeah, you mentioned Kachuk. So what what do we know about Kachuk and his status? I, I you know I was reading some articles just a couple of days ago, even before the game four loss, that there was thoughts that he wasn't one hundred percent healthy. What's the latest on him that we know of? So I mean, it was pretty obvious in game four that he was dealing with something, shying away from physical contact. Yeah. Um, he only played four shifts in the in the third period when the when the Panthers were at their most desperate point and they're trailing and they're trying to claw back. Obviously, they, they score a couple of goals. He was out there in the final minutes, but you could, you could tell that he wasn't right. And uh, I mean, the two-day layoff probably helps uh, in between games to, as far as his chances of, of being in the lineup. But um, he was still effective. I mean, you know, even at even at uh, even not at 100 percent or dealing with whatever injury, uh, apparently a shoulder injury, although the team has not disclosed that. Um, he, he was still affected. The Panthers were still good when he was on the ice and he had four shots on goal, but um, not, not the same type of player. And uh, it's uh, we're going to, we're going to find out later today. If, if Kachuk is in the lineup, I expect him to be, but I, I don't expect him to be the t- same type of factor that he has been in the playoffs so far. Okay. So if we expect him to be, <clears throat> excuse me, in the lineup tonight, uh, obviously uh, the price on the game today is a little far off from where we started this series for game one. We're looking at it. I'm seeing on my screen as high as a dollar 90 in favor of the Vegas golden Knights. So what's the play here on, in terms of a number, my surface level analysis would be like, all right, if we're getting a Kachuk here, I know the Knights ability played pretty well. They're in a closeout game back at home, but a dollar 80 from where we were priced in game one seems excessive. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because I, I do think there there is a chance that that Kachuk could could find himself sitting out tonight yeah. because I mean it is believed to be a pretty severe injury. I'm just going off the fact that he was able to play in Game Four and you know he, he it is the Stanley Cup Final. Um, but if Kachuk isn't able to go, uh, it's you know it's it's not that much of a I guess an unreasonable price, but the the value is certainly gone. I think I mean you know betting groups and. Uh, sharp betters had this information probably before the betting public, and and we saw the we saw the line move as a result. And uh, I mean, then then there was that that you know bit of clean up the secondary move, I guess, as more information came out, and that you know there's a possibility that Kachuk could actually miss the game. So I think right now, in terms of the money line, the total, et cetera, uh, everything is pretty right. And then when you look at player props, I mean, you'd like to be able to try to maybe capitalize on uh, on you know, Kachuk not being in the lineup and, and somebody else taking his spot. But a lot of sports books aren't offering uh, very many Panthers players. They're mm-hmm. definitely not offering Matthew Kachuk uh, on the player props outside of first, last, anytime goal. So it's going to be pretty tough to try to capitalize on this uh, when there when there is some confirmation. Uh, what about the Vegas side? When you have like a million dudes who are contributors for Vegas, how in the <laughs> world do you put your finger on shots on goal? Uh, you know, anytime goal scorer, what's the process like there? Well, it's it's tough too because Vegas has shown the ability to be able to jump out to early leads and kind of sit on those leads. And when that happens, they don't generate a lot of shots. So that's something to be concerned about, especially with the Panthers coming into this game, maybe you know, kind of at their lowest point uh, in the playoffs thus far. So um, I've only ended up with one small player prop so far: Mark Stone over two and a half shots on goal at even money. That wasn't a widely available price, but it was available at DraftKings. Um, not sure what the line is now, but Stone he didn't have a shot in Game Four, but he had four attempts. He he hit that uh, he hit three or more in in five games in a row leading into Game Four. So 
Uh, I think he's a gamer and he's, he's going to once again be uh, all around the net here, generating high danger chances and, uh, and, and scoring chances. So I expect Stone to be in, you know, flirt with that anyway. Uh, and I think at even money, it's a decent bet for a half unit. Jonathan Marshall show accurately priced minus 400 to win con Smythe in your opinion. Uh, I mean, I always have trouble, you know, trying to kind of put a price on this stuff because yeah. it is, you know, determined by the voters at the end of the day. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, he's just got such a great narrative. Like I've said all along uh, the, the Panthers ha having been the team that, that, you know, tossed him to the side, uh, sent him to Vegas in the expansion draft and just, you know, how good he's been in the playoffs. And, you know, the, the stat line stands out, the story stands out. I think, I think he has everything going for him right now. And, uh, it's his award to lose for sure. All right, Andy. So what do you think? Vegas closing this thing out. We're going to celebrate a Stanley Cup out here in Las Vegas where we totally deserve it because we've been long and just due for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think it, I think it happens in game five. Um, I don't think this series will stretch on much longer. Um, Vegas has a, a really good chance to end it tonight. They've, they've shown a killer instinct in the playoffs for the most part outside of a little bit of a lapse versus Dallas. So, um, yeah, I, I expect them to to – put their, their foot on the Panthers throat tonight and, and, and finish this thing off. And uh, as far as you guys deserving it or not deserving <laughs> it, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that way. And, and I, I also, um, you know, I also kind of don't believe in the whole, you know, the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights aren't a loyal franchise. They aren't loyal to their players. There are a lot of, you know, long tenured players here. They've built an organization. They've got a, a pretty good winning culture there, and and I think it's uh, it's well deserved if they can uh, if they can pull it off. Andy, good to talk to you as always, buddy. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. All right, take care, JVT. At Digital Gambler up on Twitter. Yeah, I was uh, I was hanging out with the uh, the in laws, not like the true in laws, but like my my wife's like aunts, uncles, and stuff yesterday, and they're like they're asking me about the nights. I'm like, you guys, I've never. I've never talked to you about a sport one time. It's amazing. I've been with her for like 11 years. And like now it's like, man, you think they're going to close them out tomorrow? Like I was like, all right. It's like, man, Vegas Golden Knights fever. Can't wait. I didn't know we did. they didn't appreciate players uh, here. Uh, well, that's like a whole thing. Yeah, we can. That's that's as being in local radio a little bit. Uh, I can speak to that a bit. All right. We'll come back. Hey, let's get back to the NBA. We got to discuss what the Miami Heat are and how we can sniff this thing out. Can we get another run from another team and figure it out before it happens? A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Reminder for everybody, you never want to have regrets. All right. So don't regret not signing up. This is your last chance. It's over after this. $9.99. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Daily best bets for every sport. Exclusive betting splits. VSIN experts, leaderboard, and more. $9.99. How about that? It's the last chance. Like literally, after this segment, it's done. You're never going to be able to get this opportunity again. I definitely won't read this again throughout the rest of the show. Tell you that much. Beeson.com slash subscribe. Um, can I still can I steal uh Gil's bit as I usually do when I'm on here? Steal away. We get tweets. Boom. That's what he says. Um I'm gonna say your Twitter handle because I'm sorry, don't know how to pronounce your actual name. Uh CK Budapest says regarding Jokic wanting to go home, have you been in Serbia in the summer? It is fantastic. Some great trout fishing there. I have I a JVT. I believe it. What's that? I said I have not. I have not been. I have not been to Serbia in the summer. So I've been in Russia in the summer. I was going to say this is going to shock you. You're a very well traveled man. Uh, I don't actually. I don't think it'll shock you. Uh, I have never been out of the continental United States. And actually, no, that's not true because I went to Hawaii. That's outside of the continental. Yeah, I was, was going right, to say. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's been checked off. That got checked off in November. There you go. Uh, but I've never left the country. I don't have my passport. So, 
We're going to have to change that. You know, that's what everybody tells me every time. <laughs> like, it's so funny. That's like the exact same thing. Um, now, I feel like there was some darkness to what you just said, because I feel like there's some spots uh, south no. of the border that we can go check out. Uh, but I'm... Uh, Oh. That's what I'm saying. We live in a great travel destination. Like, I mean, come on. The 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 airport is a whole 15 minutes up the road, man. That's like, right. We can get on a plane to the Caribbean real quick, you know? I got to check it out. But I got to go. <laughs> Serbian, look, Serbian summers, got to check it out. I like fishing. I haven't gone for a very long time, but something super zen about, I'll say, taking something that makes you zen and then just chilling by the river, you oh, know, I put your it. feet in yeah. and just wait for the fish to come in. Great. Learned I'm, how to clean I'm, a fish when I was my Jokic in person. I learned how to clean a fish when I was like eight. Just like that thing open, <laughs> gutting it out. Let's go. I'm done. I'm, I'm very zen like that for like 19 minutes. And then yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm bored. Where's the fish? Oh, no, Where? Where are you at? Love it. I'm, I'm trying to convince my wife to go camping. She's not really about that life. Um, my wife is about the life, though, of chugging beers and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. We were talking about this first off. Okay. Corporate sponsorship has ruined a lot of things in America. It's also ruined post-game <laughs> celebrations. How funny was that? There's, I don't want to risk any, like, ostracizing any potential advertisers. But I will say, there's no shot that when the Nuggets were, like, planning for a potential celebration, they were like, you know what we need? Giant bottles of Michelob Ultra that are in bottles very similar to champagne bottles. There's no way that was the choice. Wait, 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 wait. Even the champagne wasn't champagne. I don't Is think so. so did you? See, I don't know if you saw Michael Malone's press conference, but he walked in with what look, it, it. The look was a champagne bottle, but it had a Michelob Ultra like wrap around. I like, did so, not see that. Unless he was drinking it. champagne that was sponsored by Michelob Ultra. I think he was drinking Mick Ultra. That's what they were all drinking. I, I mean, I saw the, um, as soon as Jokic, I'm pretty sure Jokic was the first one in the locker room somehow, or like the third guy yeah. in, because he immediately went and grabbed a can. And uh, yeah, I was kind of chuckling at that idea that that was the beer, his go-to beer after winning an NBA finals. Right. But hey, when you're sponsored by Michelob Ultra, and hey, Michelob Ultra will gladly thank you as a sponsor for sure. anything here. By the way, uh, salt in the wound for Jimmy Butler? I, I was thinking beer. the same thing. I, I was like, what, is a commercial about to come out with Jimmy Butler here? He's probably pissed watching it. Like, come <laughs> on, man. That was supposed to be my thing. Could have been a great Michelob Ultra commercial for me instead of the terrible one where I'm sending a beer back and forth with uh, weird insults that don't really make a lot of sense. I will tell you, having, having been in one championship locker room in my lifetime. Which one? Uh, Miami Heat. Uh, 20, oh, okay. what was that, 2011? Um, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, so the, the, the one that... The, one story I have from that, it was bottles of Dom everywhere, right. okay? And then p- guys are going to drink what they want to drink. That's all That's all I can tell you, JVT, because you looked over at Tim Hardaway, and he just had like a 12-pack of Budweiser cans. That's so awesome. he somehow made his way into, like, you know, I'm not sure made his way into the heat locker room. I'm sure they love having him right. around. But he's just over there with a bunch of Budweiser cans in his arms, like just chugging them. I was like, this is great. Tim Hardaway, clearly, drinking Bud, doesn't want the Dom. Okay, I like it. Now, we also saw, too, the um, I don't know who it was. It was definitely like 15th guy on the bench. But there was a dude who, because I assume these guys are all giant human beings, and he's holding a can that is somewhat tall and large in his hands. Again, he looks like right. he's like 6'9", because he's not that much shorter than Jokic. So I, it looked like it was like a bigger can of Michelob Ultra. The dude pops it and shotguns it. And I'm like, <laughs> holy smokes, that's crazy. I can barely shotgun a normal-sized beer. It was wild. It was wild watching that happen. But there's always sadness, too. 
And the other side of it, of course, is the Miami Heat. I was explaining to my wife, like, all the stories of the Denver Nuggets players and how they made it here. She's like, why are they crying? I'm like, well, they're crying because of this. Imagine how the Heat feel at this moment right now. Their second NBA Finals in the last four years. Three conference championship appearances. They've won two of them. They've got – I don't want to say nothing because we live in a you got to win uh, you know, uh, society when we're judging sports. Uh, but they don't have anything to show for it in terms of the ultimate championship. Now, this team – we know the story by now. Miami Heat, of course, down at the end of the play-in game against the Chicago Bulls. They need a, was it 12 nothing or 12-1 run, whatever it is, at the end of the play-in game to get in uh, and make this run. And one of the things that has kind of annoyed me about everything, outside of the, again, I'll use the reference, Jesse Pinkman, he can't keep doing this um, style of play. You see the changes in Miami's offense, defense, everything. So for those who are listening, audience, podcast, wherever we may be, offensive efficiency, largely the same for the Miami Heat. Uh, 113.3, 25th. Uh, Kelly, can I ask, these are non-garbage time minutes? Or these yes, are, yes, yes so, non-garbage. So these would be a clean in the glass. So 113.3 points for 100 possessions in non-garbage time, 25th best in the NBA in the regular season, 100. 113.7. That was largely in line with what they did. But you'll see the big changes for them as you move along at the very bottom, the two categories. First off, they went from the 27th best three point shooting team in the regular season, 34.8%, to 37.8% in the postseason, third best in the NBA playoffs, and their win percentage against the number dead last in the regular season. They were abysmal, covered just 35.3% of their games, covered 65.2% of their games on their way to second place in the grand scheme of things, being an NBA Finals run. Up. So the question is, because I, I, I'm not a fan. If you were somebody who came in and was like, hey man, Bucks, I'm betting them, Knicks, I'm betting them, Celtics, I'm betting them, finals, I'm betting them. Okay, I get it. Then you wrote it. But I would say, and one of the things that irritated yeah. Kelly and I, well, <laughs> here's the thing, because this Me. is no, I, but like one of the things that irritated you and I was there was this weird discourse around this team. And I, I think it had a lot to do with non-sports betting folks who were looking at this and going, see, you were wrong. You never knew. And it's like, well, did you? Did anybody else? And my question is, because I don't want to crap on those people, but my question is just, how do we do this now? How do we find these teams? What are the, like, I'm wondering, what are the warning signs, essentially, of a team that can make a run? Because if you look at throughout, and I talk about this all the time, I never go into an NBA season with a with a futures ticket because I feel like there's ebbs and flows to a year you can find low yep. points for any team. And if you look back over the last couple of years, the Heat this year, the Boston Celtics last season where you could have gotten them eighty to uh, eighty to one or so, the the uh, the Atlanta Hawks who made it to the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals. There's plenty of categories. I mean, even the Nuggets, even right. the Nuggets this year. Look, look at this. Start of the playoffs, ten to one. Okay, cool. You got. That mu- I mean, it's not like it's that much worse from what you right. could have gotten at the beginning of the season, and you got to watch the entire regular season transpire where they finished first in the Western Conference. Yep. So I, I just wonder, like, how do we there, – there was a lot of finger-wagging wagging and going, you know, no, 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 you should have seen this coming. They were the one seed from last year. Yeah, but we had 82 games that told us they were a terrible shooting team, and I have argued that you saw the regular season team bleed out at times for the Miami Heat. You saw it in the Knicks series. You saw it in this series. Like their their defense that was I wouldn't say that was their fault because the Nuggets figured them out. Their offense was abysmal in this series. They couldn't shoot consistently. They couldn't find any flow in the half court or in transition. Like I would argue, and this is going to sound like because they made it, it's going to sound a little ridiculous. I would argue that like the Heat are who we actually thought they were at the, regu- the beginning of the regular season. You had an outlier shooting performance over five games against the Milwaukee Bucks. You set some records in terms of your shooting on wide open attempts against the Boston Celtics. Had some outlier performances there, but at the end of the day. 
I, I kind of thought, Kelly, that the regular season heat were there. It was just a team that caught these little things here and there that pushed them along in enough categories to get them to this point. Yeah, I mean, look, the shooting you, you, the shooting has to be brought up. I mean, the three-point shooting with a team like this, because you and I talked about this a lot on the podcast over the past couple of weeks, especially in the finals, where Denver doesn't need to rely on the three as much. They don't take as many. They don't need to make as many. That's why we saw some of these games with them winning, not even shooting that good of a percentage from three. But the, the Miami Heat, if they're going to win, they've got, they're going to take a lot of threes. They've got to make a lot of threes. So it starts there. But – the, I mean, the next answer to the question is, it is it is coaching, and it is guys like Jimmy Butler, right, who, for whatever reason, I don't ever want to hear it again, like playoff Jimmy Butler is a thing, or regular season Jimmy Butler is a thing, where he yeah. plays at 80%, yep. and, you know, is kind of, uh, you know, not taking days off, but he's maybe playing 80% in every game, and saving his body for the postseason. So, I think it's a... I think if, if you're betting on the NBA, it's a question everybody should be asking themselves of how do you spot these teams going forward? I think it's few and far between, though. Like, I think this, I think the Miami Heat are a pretty special example, specific example of a team that you could actually see do this in the regular, from a regular season to a postseason. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I think when you look at the intricacies of their shooting throughout the postseason, it's kind of explained how they shot so well in the postseason compared to what they were doing in the regular season. All right, when we come back, uh, we do have odds, of course, for next season. Uh, I do think that the Denver Nuggets, look, if you look over their salary, they're set up, man. The only guy they're losing is Bruce Brown, and it's going to be, I think, a pretty long ride for the Denver Nuggets. We'll discuss if they can do it again next season in the NBA. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
a numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, is ready for the final. Sign up using code VSIN. Receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, enjoy a wide variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and boosted odds special during the championship series. And find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with bonus code VSIN. Get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM Game Sense reminds you to play responsibly. Got to be 21. BetMGM for terms. Promotional offers not available in Nevada, New York, Ontario, and Washington, D.C. If you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. The number in most states, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. All right. We have a lot left to get to when it comes to the ramifications of the uh, NBA. And actually, I just saw this headline. Uh, we were talking again about some of the uh, the late-night shenanigans of the uh, the Nuggets players that Bruce Brown got pissed because he was being interviewed for too long by NBA TV. That was great. And decided to walk off the set and told him, i got to go do more drinking. Uh, the fact that we saw Aaron Gordon um, just partying shirtless in the streets of Denver with a lot of people, it's been absolutely great. So I, I tease going out, look, I think that Denver is set up for a, a very, very long-term success here. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., all these guys are inked to deals that are going to keep them together for a, for a good amount of time. Jokic was even asked about the starting five that they're all going to be together for multiple years in terms of contracts and said he didn't know it, but also said that, hey, look, it's about the depth, it's about the team, it's about everybody. One of those key pieces is Bruce Brown. And I didn't see this last night, but how about this headline? First off, he was asked, would you like to stay? His answer was, for sure. Then, when asked about it after the championship win, this is Mike Singer over at the Denver Post, uh, in the champagne-soaked locker room, quote, I want to stay. Money is not everything. For those who don't know, Bruce Brown does have a player option. He's set to make, um, I think it's sub $5 million. I'm going to double-check to see what it is for him. Uh, regardless, though. 6.8. Okay, 6.8. 6.8. So if he takes his player option, uh, yeah, he's going to make about 6.8. Uh, I would say we're probably worth more than that, Bruce Brown. Oh, I think a lot more. Um, but if he wants to, he could take that player option for next year and stick around. And if he does, then this team is, I mean, everybody, everybody save for Ish Smith, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan and Thomas Bryant. Those are the only guys who aren't going to be on the books next year. This team is 100% back if they want to be, and if Bruce Brown wants it to be. This team is going to be a force to be reckoned with as we move forward. And as we look at it, I think they are the rightful favorites to win the finals next season. They are the best team in the Western Conference. And even if the Phoenix Suns, Kelly, you've put the, pointed this out a couple of times after a cycle of transactions improves, we'll see what happens with Chris Paul. We'll see what happens with some other free agency moves. But the Denver Nuggets, it's one of those things where we talked about Miami, Kelly, and this whole we should have seen them coming with Miami, or at least how are we going to see them coming? Denver, we should have seen them coming. If you go back and you look at those eight games that they played when they got Aaron Gordon, when it was him, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Nikola Jokic all those years ago, and they were putting up some historic numbers. You know, I went back and read the NBA betting guide actually from earlier, from before this season. And you look at some of the numbers and it was like, like maybe we should see this coming. Like this team is going to be great. And sure enough, they absolutely were. And they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they are now accurately priced. And this is one of those things where now the market has finally kind of caught on. You mentioned it. Coming into this season, the Nuggets were 20 to 1 to win the NBA finals. They were on par with the Dallas Mavericks who didn't even make it yep. eventually, and the Miami Heat, who had to make it in through the play and to get to this point. But this, this is exactly what you're looking for here with Denver. Like, this is going to be a team. Now the price is gone, essentially, because this is the favorite. But this is going to be a team to be reckoned with. I wouldn't be surprised if, again, if they're healthy, competing for a one seed and winning the Western Conference yet again next year. Yeah, I think we 
I, I mean, look, I'll, I'll circle back to it again. Pro tip for the show: Don't bet NBA futures now. There's a lot. There's yes. a lot of stuff that's going to happen this this offseason. A lot of player moves. A lot of teams that are going to completely change. But as we look at the Western Conference landscape right now, uh, yeah, yeah, like they're the team. We tried. We tried as best as we could. It seems as a collective basketball audience to make arguments for team after team in the Western Conference and. Throughout the entire season, it was the same team. It was the Nuggets always. It was the Nuggets at the beginning of the year, at the end of the regular season, and into the playoffs, took care of business. So no matter what you want to say about the Warriors, the Lakers, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and the the Phoenix Suns, this is the team to beat in the Western Conference next year. It it is, without a doubt, they they proved that this year. You're going to have to see a team – I, I don't know. A team would have to load up beyond belief for me for me to say they're the overwhelming favorite over the Denver Nuggets yep. to start next season. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. And even like some of these retooling, you know, for example, if Miami gets Damian Lillard, you're gonna have to sacrifice depth. You're gonna have to sacrifice assets. It, it's not it's not going to be a guarantee that if Miami gets Damian Lillard, we'll talk about that momentarily. You know, if that's going to make a difference, that's going to power rate them above. And we'll see what the market does by the time we get to the NBA regular season beginning. You know, I'm sure the my, the Phoenix Suns, who are a team that doesn't seem to manage has a bottom line in terms of I don't care how much we get limited by yeah. this whole apron CBA thing. We're gonna go out and get some guys. They're gonna make us a lot better so I'm sure I'm willing to bet this the Denver Nuggets will not go off when the opening day when we tip off for the next season they will not go off as the favorite to win the NBA finals but okay. they should I think they should I think Phoenix is going to do enough that the market's going to come around and bet them down enough because they are a sexy team same thing with the Celtics or the Bucks. we'll see what the Bucks are going to do because I think they need to add a little bit more in terms of some depth too but I would be willing to bet that the Nuggets do not go off as favorites by the time we get to next season, but they definitely should. Yeah, I think there's a good chance of that. I mean, you're talking Celtics, Bucks, Suns, Lakers, Warriors, any of those teams make a significant addition, yep. right? They jump to the top of this board. Hell, if the 76ers get Lillard. Right, right. Yeah, yep. yeah. That, I mean, yeah, them too, of course. Um, but yeah, I think what you said, you said it right. They still deserve to be, though. This is, we saw it for a year. Like, it, it's now prove it to me. I, uh, I'm sorry I'm laughing, too. I, our graphics people do a tremendous job. That's not a mistake. The Dallas Mavericks are thirteen to one yep, to correct. win the NBA title. That is correct. Yeah, With you, the potential, you know, come on, Kyrie's re- recruiting LeBron to uh, Dallas. Come on, you didn't hear that? I can't do this. <laughs> like, what do we? What do we watch? What did we watch this year? Thirteen to one to win a title. Yeah, they don't get it. I don't get it either. But anyway, the, the moral of the story here: Denver set up, and we'll see what Miami does. I think Miami's now on the precipice of going. You know what? Like the Heat culture thing's cute. It gets us pretty far. But we need to do something to add a little bit more. They need a secondary scoring option. Uh, you know, Bam Adebayo is good, and he was their secondary scoring option. That should be not should not be your number two guy. Like he can be Absolutely. your number two guy in terms of overall player. But you need a secondary shot creator in the backcourt. We'll see if it's going to be Damian Lillard. We'll see if it's Chris Paul. But that's something that I think is at the top of the list. I mean, I feel like it's it's blasphemy, I guess, for me to say this at this point. But like, now you need you still need. Like Jimmy Butler, we call him playoff Jimmy Butler for a reason because that's when he shows up. Like, you need a primary scorer, yeah. like, in my opinion. Like, Jimmy Butler's great, I think, as an additional piece. But you need someone that, like you said, you can actually take the ball, give the ball to, and count on getting baskets. And 
I don't know. Look, maybe that's Tyler Hero as he continues to develop, but I doubt it. I think. What was that yesterday, by the way? No idea. Hey, tip the captain. Anybody who bet unders on Tyler Hero props that got posted <laughs> yesterday, that was the easiest bet you're ever going to hit. Yeah, well, and you brought it up when we talked about it in the podcast. His point total was hung up at eight and a half. Yeah. You know, guys like Kyle Lowry had their point totals adjusted by like a point or so because like, cause the assumption was that Hero was going to eat into the minutes. He didn't need a single minute. I, just, I, could, I couldn't believe the number because you, yeah. you read it to me live while we were recording the podcast. I'm like, eight and a half. That feels aggressive for a guy that we haven't seen play in months. We don't know if he's going to play. And if he does play, how many minutes are you expecting him to play? Yeah. So I don't know. Anybody who bet the under, good job. Uh, so here, uh, here's the thing. Let's, uh, as we look around and we're, we're, um, we're trying to find some spots. I will. Can I throw out one team that the market is kind of high on just considering where they're at, but they are definitely in the range of team that could make a very big move that maybe. You'll at least want to look at them, make the playoffs, maybe win a conference. The Oklahoma City Thunder, there are Ooh. I'm just gonna say, there Don't are rumblings. There are rumblings, we'll say. I've read a lot of stuff, listened to a lot of podcasts. There are rumblings that the Oklahoma City Thunder might be a team who's sitting on just a this is a scientific term, buttload of assets, that they're gonna be able to move those things and kind of just press on the gas a little bit when it comes to their timeline. And they could do it without risking a ton, because they've got a lot. Yep. And if they want to just accelerate just a little bit, there's been rumors that they're going to be in there in terms of, because this is, for those who don't know, this is going to be information. Let's add to the pro tip really quick. Mm -hmm. Information is going to be key in this offseason if you can get ahead of it. We're in, I think we're at the precipice of an offseason that's going to have a ton of player movement. Teams are trying to get ready for the new salary cap ramifications that happen after this season. They have a year to get these books ready and, and set things up. And that's going to lead to a lot of dudes moving around in this league. And if you can get ahead of some of those moves, because there's going to be some moves of consequence, you're going to be well off. And a team like Oklahoma City, who's got a ton of cap and a ton of assets, could be one of those teams that's sitting around and going, hey, man, why not us? So we'll see if that's going to be the case. We also have teams like Phoenix all of a sudden in the rumor mill around one James Harden. So this is going to be, I think, a wild offseason. And it's going to be really beneficial to you to kind of hunt around and look for some things in terms of information and act on it beforehand because it's going to be great. 100 to 1 over at DraftKings. You can shop around for the number for Oklahoma okay. City. Okay. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. We'll talk about it on the other side. But, I mean, this is this stuff starts soon. Yes. For everybody, the NBA draft is in nine days, okay? And a lot of these a lot of these trades and things that happen are going to be linked directly to it, even if they do happen after the draft, because that's when players can be officially moved. Yep. All right. Well, I have plenty left on that. The Oakland A's, they keep rolling. We're going to get to baseball, too. Do we call it a straw poll? MLB released their second straw poll, if you will, for MVP votes, both at American League and National League. We'll get to those and more in the second hour of a numbers game here on Visa. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. 
I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.